What if there was a different way to live and work beyond the hustle and hype, beyond the never ending race to get more, do more, be more, a way that's nourishing, grounded, creative, and aligned with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Alchemy in Action with me, your host, Amanda Cook. In each episode, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. Join me to create a life and work that truly fit you, infused with meaning and magic. Hello and welcome back to the Wellpreneur podcast and happy new year. If you're listening to this episode the week that it comes out, it is now January 2020. Crazy, a new decade, right? So to kick off the new year, as we continue season seven of the Wellpreneur podcast, I thought we'd have a fresh start and talk about clutter and enoughness with feng shui expert and interior designer, Brie Ann Appler. I met Brienne online last year and actually did a feng shui consultation with her myself. And when I started thinking about podcasts for the new year um, and like fresh starts and resolutions and, and goals we might be setting for ourselves for the year, I know one of my personal goals is to make life in general more spacious. And that means mentally and schedule-wise and also physical space. Just make everything feel more spacious, allow everything to feel more spacious. And something that gets in the way of that in physical space is clutter. Now, so I have kind of this ongoing relationship with clutter, which I'll talk more about in the episode. Um, And I have a hunch it has some ancestral roots, um, which we'll talk about in the interview. So, you know, in the past, humans didn't have a lot of stuff. And so the stuff we had was really precious. And when you had an opportunity to get stuff or acquire stuff or keep stuff, you wanted to keep it and preserve it because there might not be more stuff in the future, right? You needed to take care of what you have and preserve it. These days, that can go terribly wrong because there is so much stuff. We're just completely overwhelmed by stuff, and there always seems to be more. There's an overabundance of physical belongings that we can bring into our lives. And so it's really a concerted effort to try to like stem the flow of that and to allow there to be more spaciousness. Anyway, so I really wanted to have Brienne come on and talk about her approach to feng shui, which is a bit different from what you'll hear other people talking about with feng shui. So we're talking about that. We're also talking about clutter and this idea of enoughness. When is it enough so that you can be happy with what you have and not feel this need to keep acquiring more? So whether or not you have an issue with clutter yourself, I think you'll find some really valuable nuggets to take away from this interview. And I'd love to discuss it with you afterwards in our Facebook community group. So if you go on Facebook, it's just called Wellpreneur Community, and we'll be talking about this week's episode. And I love talking about this topic because I'm actively working on this whole clutter situation myself. Now, speaking of New Year's resolutions, another goal that you might have for 2020 is to be more productive and make progress in your life and your business and on these big projects that you want to take action on. So if that sounds like you and you would like to be more productive in 2020, I'd invite you to take my free productivity blocks quiz. So I've 
noticed from working with so many Wellpreneurs and speaking to you all in the Facebook group, in my Alchemy in Action membership, with my private clients, that most Wellpreneurs get stuck because of one of four productivity blocks. So I put together a quick, fun quiz. So you can take the quiz, you'll identify which of those four productivity blocks is your biggest blocker. And then depending on what the answer is, I've created a video that's going to give you specific actions and also some remedies and a little bit of woo, a little bit of like alchemy for how to clear those productivity blocks so that you can really start to make progress in your business, in your life, and on the projects that matter the most to you. You can take my productivity blocks quiz at wellpreneur.com slash quiz. Okay, now let's jump into this interview with Brianne Appler. Hi, Brianne. Welcome to the show. Hi, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. So I was excited to have you on the show to talk about an issue that's been coming up a lot for me personally, and also for a lot of the listeners, talking about clutter and the spaces that we live and work in. And so I'm wondering if you can start off by just letting us know what it is. How do you describe what you do? Sure. Um, So I like to say that I am an environmental healer. So I believe that our environment really Uh, mirrors what's going on in our life. And I believe that um, creating a space can really enhance our life and can just make us um, in ourselves feel better. And so um, I am a feng shui practitioner. And basically, feng shui is the study about how to harmonize your environment um, with yourself and your desires and what you really want in life. Um, So it's an ancient Chinese art and science, and it's been practiced for thousands of years. Um, And I um, practice a very feminine, um, more yin approach to feng shui. Um, Some people say it's more westernized. It's not the traditional type of um, compass or... Um, feng shui that was practiced in the patriarchal dynasty of China. So it's a little bit different um, and it's really based in form. So it's about Mm. observing your environment and and really connecting to that on a very uh, visceral level. Ooh, how did you get into all of this? Can you tell us kind of a short version of your story? Sure. So I always wanted to be an interior designer growing up. I was just fascinated by interior spaces. And, you know, I was sketching um, notebooks and filling them up um, with floor plans and just looking at magazines. I remember getting the first uh, IKEA catalog. um, And my dad was into architecture, so I would look at his books. And then I went to college and I realized that university wasn't really for me. It wasn't the way that I learned very well. And I don't know, it just didn't fit. And so I decided not to go into that program. And my career took me on a bit of a journey. And I ended up um, basically wanting to figure out what I wanted to do with my life because nothing really fit. And I was doing some inquiry and really like digging into, okay, what is it I want to do? And I came back into interior design. And then I was sort of looking at schools, but it wasn't really um, 
I don't know, it just wasn't a fit again. And then I came across this um, school in feng shui um, that was taught in California. Um, I'm in Canada and they offered a distance program and it, it just instantly clicked for me. Um, I think, you know, I've been on a spiritual path my whole life, I think everybody is, but um, I've really been, you know, into self-development and growth. And this was like the marriage of both of them together, which was so amazing to me. It's about, you know, looking at where we need to grow in life. It's about transformation. It's about becoming who we really are. And it's about our environment. So I just love that it marries basically the two things that I'm most passionate about in mm, life. I love that. And that moment where it kind of clicks and you're like, oh, this brings it all together. I've had that too. And it's just so magical. I mean, it's just amazing when that happens. It's like, it's like you suddenly see your path. So that's so cool. You had that experience. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wanting to talk a little bit about clutter. I think that's the, let's start our conversation there. Cause I know for me, like that has been a really, it's like a recurring theme. Um, mm. So I'm curious what, and we can totally dig into that, but what's your take on clutter in general, too much stuff in our homes? Well, I think that clutter is, you know, I just actually wrote an email about this, about how clutter is our friend. And I really believe that clutter shows us where we're not creating or allowing enough space for ourselves in life. So, mm. you know, you have clutter, most people do today, right? Because it's just so rampant. We're just all about stuff and accumulating. And I, I like to sort of describe your environment sometimes as when you move into a new neighborhood. So when you move into a new neighborhood, you notice everything. You notice the shops and the restaurants and what's going on around you, maybe the different people, your neighbors. And then as you get used to everything, it sort of fades into the background. And so clutter for me is that, you know, we can accumulate it and then it sort of just it's kind of goes away in a way, but but not really. We still are affected by it subconsciously. And so it's really easy to forget about the clutter. And I think that's why it's so hard to manage. Plus, it's just hard to, to manage things in general, having a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I think one thing about clutter is that we have to sort of become aware and we have to be able to face the clutter we have. And that's not always comfortable to do. And I know that a lot of people have a lot of attachments to clutter. Um, and, and so looking at our clutter, I think, can really show us where we're not opening ourselves up to what wants to come into our life. Mm -hmm. I think you make a good point like that. You stop seeing the clutter as you live with it that it just becomes normal and you just work around it. And it's not until that moment when you're going to have people over for a dinner party or something. And then you're like, oh, <laughs> and then suddenly you see this stuff everywhere and you realize that you need to really take care of it. Um, yeah. Do you think, uh, so a couple of the things that have come up for me is I think there's some aspect for some of us, like that clutter is really comfortable 
So, and so I don't know if you've experienced this with any of your clients, but like for me, I grew up in a really cluttered house. So I find now I'll go through big periods of time where I can live uncluttered and then it will just come back. It will just go back to that way. And I think, and it does happen during periods of stress and stuff. So definitely I agree with the internal like a reflection of what's going on for you. But I wonder if there's some element to you about like that must be a definition of home for some of us. Like if you grew up around that, it's just comfortable, safe. Definitely. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I, I think the way that we live our lives sometimes subconsciously in terms of our beliefs, that's also showing up in our environment. So you know, we might operate on some level um, in the ways that our parents instilled in us in terms of what they believed um, and what they believed could be possible in the world. And we also do that in our environment, because like you said, I think it is it makes us feel comfortable. Um, and I think that, you know, on an energetic level, we accumulate this stuff and it sort of absorbs our energy. And so if the energy of the item, you know, was maybe purchased in a time when we didn't really need it, um, or we're just not the same person anymore. Sometimes it's hard to let go of those things because they do actually carry the energy of who we used to be or, you know, what we were, um, when we bought it. And so I think it's hard to let go of that, of the stuff just as much as it's hard to let go of, maybe old beliefs that aren't serving us anymore. Do you think there's any relation between like where the clutter is in your home and what's going on? Or does it not really matter like what part of the home it's in? Oh, yes, definitely. So in feng shui, we look at the Bagua map, which is placed on someone's home according to their front door or the mouth of chi, as we say, the mouth of energy where the energy enters your home. And there are eight areas, um, the ninth being the center, um, that relate to different areas of your life. So, sorry, I'll kind of go around the circle. There's career, um, self-knowledge and cultivation, health and family, wealth and prosperity, fame and reputation, how you show up in the world, um, love and relationships children and creativity. And then there's a gua, which is part of the Bagua map called helpful people and travel, which relates to time and um, your spiritual connection to, you know, whatever you believe, the universe, God, angels. Um, it's about helpers in the unseen and seen world. So those areas definitely <laughs> reflect whatever you know, certain, I guess, issue or whatever you're going through in life. Um, I think, I think they're usually pretty blatant. Hmm. And yeah, it's funny, like, you know, when I work with a client, they'll fill out a form and let me know what's going on in their life. And as soon as I see their environment, I can usually see that whatever they're telling me is going on, is also reflected in that area of their home. Um, so it's kind of magical how it is such a perfect mirror to what is going on in our mm. lives. 
So what are, um, I'm curious when you start to work with that then and like shifting the space. So if we think about, well, just our homes in general or our workspaces, I guess there's a lot of like, obviously there are these practical things that you can do to move the stuff or rearrange the space, but do you do work on an energetic level too, or give people practices and suggestions on how to start shifting that? Yeah, that's definitely something that I bring up, um, depending on the person, but I'm really big into space clearing. So I think a really simple, yeah, I think a really simple way, I'm sure you're very much into that. Um, (laughs) Uh, I think a very simple way to space clear is to use sage. Um, you can also use alcohol on any type of rocks in a in a bowl that's fire safe. You just have to be careful. Um, and that kind of burns up the energy. But I like sage because it's scientifically proven um, to actually change the molecules in the air. And I know for myself, you know, whenever I move into a new space, I always space clear it before and I can definitely feel the difference. Um, I think it's huge. So I think that, you know, energy moves in many different ways. Um, and so placing your furniture and dealing with clutter and how your space is arranged is very important, but we also need to take into account, um, what we can't see. And I think space clearing really helps with that. Mm -hmm. And just for people listening, like when you're talking about sage, you mean get something like a smudge stick, like a bundle of dried sage, and then you burn it. You basically light it and then let it go out and it just makes tons of smoke. And then you like brush the smoke around, right? That kind of saging. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So actually what I do um, is I have a sage bundle and I have an abalone shell, which is traditionally used, I believe, by the Native American and indigenous communities. Um, and then a feather to sort of, and so I hold the sage wand as it's lit sort of over the shell. And then I use the feather to kind of like blow the smoke in all corners mm-hmm. and in the middle of each room. And the reason why I use those items is because they represent all of the elements. So the feather represents, you know, an animal, which is considered fire. The shell is water. Obviously, the sage is fire and also a plant. So that represents wood. And then the metal is just sort of the metal element in feng shui is kind of equal, I guess, to air. And so that is, you know, the smoke, fire, earth, wood, water, and metal. Yeah. So it's all five elements together, which is really nice. And some people actually create a bit of a, an altar, which you can have all five elements in. And it's just a nice way of grounding your space clearing and, you know, sort of, it's sort of like an intention. It's setting an intention to bring in new energy and, and have balance in the space. Mm -hmm. How often do you do something like that? You know, I have to be honest and say, I don't do it enough. (laughs) Um, I would like to do it every week, but sometimes I forget. Um, I know that some people like to sage their own person um, 
you know, every time they have something new come up, um, which is something I'd like to move more into as well, just because I think it's important to clear your energy. But I would say, you know, once a week is what I try to aim for, even though it doesn't always happen. Because I know, um, like, I've definitely done it. Well, every time you move into a new space. So if you move home or something, you definitely want to space clear everything. But also I notice, like when I have house guests around or, you know, just people over, I often like to do it after that just to kind of clear and freshen up the energy um, and during like the changing of the seasons. But I'll do it like a handful of times a year, really. So every week would be, oh my gosh, it would feel amazing actually in here if I did that. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> That's a great we, idea. For, we forget the power of doing really small things. And I agree with you. I was going to say that um, you know, if you ever had a fight with your partner or, you know, you have not the greatest phone conversation with somebody or if you work from home and you get really stressed out, I mean, those are great opportunities to also space clear. And even if it's just in the room you're in, I think those are also important times because, like, yeah, like I said, like small things add up to big changes and, and yeah, we could probably do a little bit more mm-hmm. <laughs> of that. So like, I've been really stuck on this clutter thing and I get it fixed. It's a recurring cycle. And I've tried to look for stuff that's at a deeper level about this, like what's really going on. And so I think that that's why I was interested in like what happens where we grow up and what we get comfortable in. Another path my mind went down was maybe some of it's a bit ancestral. Like for many of our ancestors, they actually didn't have a lot of stuff and they needed to save everything because they might run out, you know, they might not have a chance to get it again. And I wonder if like that scarcity, which was so real for them, you know, is still coming through to us and makes it hard for us to let go. What do you think? I don't know. Have you thought about that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, I think a lot about the patterns that were passed down and, you know, being raised by somebody who was raised by someone who went through the depression as a child. So my grandmother, both my grandparents, um, I think that was a huge it was a huge hardship. And so they were kind of, you know, they definitely learned to save everything. And even though I remember my grandmother's house being very tidy and clean and almost feng shui, there would be little bits of things saved everywhere. And, you know, under cabinets and stuffed in closets and just every little place that there was a spot And I definitely see that, you know, in my parents a little bit. I know my mom, (laughs) sorry, mom, if you ever listen to this, but (laughs) I think she knows this. She has a hard time letting go of things. And so I think it's very easy to pick up on that, on that energy, on that um, habit, I think that our parents have. But, you know, one thing that I've really been looking at lately is what is enough? What is enough Mm. for me? And I think enough is a very individual concept. I don't think that everybody on the planet can have the same things. Obviously, 
you know, we don't at a very physical and fundamental level. And I do think that, you know, some people are okay with having more, especially in their environment, and others are okay with having less. Um, I actually live with somebody who likes more stuff. (laughs) And it's really hard for me because I am such, I, I wouldn't say I'm a minimalist, but I like to have space and I like to have things clear. And so that's definitely been a challenge. But I think enough is, it's really hard because we live in a society where, you know, we're told to be the same all the time and that we're supposed to want things and, you know, we're supposed to want a big house and cars and go on trips and travel. But I don't necessarily think that that's right for everybody. Mm -hmm. And so I think figuring out what is enough for you you know, you've already started to do that. You've started to look at, okay, well, why? Like, what what does this mean? Why do I keep all these things? But I think it's a very individual process and not always an easy one because we're constantly getting those messages bombarded bombarded at us. Um, And so we have to really connect to ourselves Mm -hmm. in order to figure out what is enough for us. And that, and part of that is also, you know, trying to disconnect and distance yourself from maybe what your the patterns of your parents have been mm-hmm. and your ancestors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really well said. I think that's so important. I mean, for most most decisions in life, right? You need to start with what do you actually want? What what's your where's your inner compass pointing you? What what's gonna what's the kind of life that you want to lead? And it's so much easier to be like, let me look at like 101 decluttering tips or like get your house clean in 52 (laughs) weeks or like three days or whatever. Like, and what I found over and over with myself and helping like family members go through this as well. Like it's not, you don't need like the life hack to clear your space really. That's kind of a tactic, but really it's the, it's the, what do you want? How do you want to live? I think that's the big thing. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, I just wanted to say that I think it's really hard because we want to have those like quick fixes. We want that 10, you know, tips to declutter your home. And I know the Marie Kondo method has been huge. Um, but the thing is, it still takes that work of looking inside ourselves because ultimately it is so personal and unique to who we are. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about our workspaces. Um, I think the people listening will have a variety of situations. Like um, some people have a little, like an office at home, a home office, or some people might have like the corner of a bedroom or something where they can work in. And some people just don't have a workspace. Um, how do you approach and, and that could be an issue that we could talk about too, but not having carving out that space for yourself. But how do you, like, what could we, how can we look at our workspaces and make some changes to them or make sure that they're set up to really support us in what we're creating? Well, I think the first thing that's important is that we find a space that we feel good in. Um, because that's my philosophy, really. If it doesn't make you feel good, then it's not really going to work for you. And so I know, even for myself, I live in a small space with another person. Um, It's a one bedroom apartment or flat. And 
I was working in the living room at first. So I'll use myself as an example. Um, my desk was in the living room and it was against a wall and it was kind of in, you know, a hallway and close to the door and it never really felt good to me. Um, and then one day, you know, we brought in a piece of furniture and (laughs) it was a little bit, I think, you know, it got a little bit wet. And so it was smelling (laughs) a bit musty. And I was like, I can't deal with this. I need to move my desk. And so I literally (laughs) just dragged my desk into my bedroom one day. And I feel so much better. And I feel like I can be more productive. And I look out a window. And it's great because, you know, having your desk in your bedroom is probably not the first thing that a feng shui consultant or practitioner would recommend. But that's what I'm always preaching is that it has to be unique to your situation or what works for you. So um, I'm in the bedroom and it's great because I can close the door when my partner's home. Um, And so he can do his thing in the living room and I'm in the bedroom if I need to work late or even just watch something on my laptop. And the other thing with your space and how you want to configure it is that you want to sort of bring all the elements in as well. So, you know, you might have a nice plant to represent wood, um, a little bit of fire, maybe a candle, um, and then water. You know, there's many things you can, you can put a fountain on your desk if you want, but If not, you can have a little picture of water or I have a turtle that always reminds Mm. me of water Mm -hmm. on my desk Um, and just sort of bringing in those five elements to sort of ground um, your workspace. Um, I won't get into it today because it it takes a bit more uh, explaining, but you can actually create a Bagua map on your desk. So, yeah, yeah. You can, you know, place the different objects that enhance the different areas of your life. And you can relate those all to your career um, on your desk, which I think is really cool. And I do mm-hmm. try to practice that as well. You know, I, I try to keep my phone in the helpful people and travel area because I want helpful people to be calling me. Um, and so I think just really, like I said before, is finding a space that works for you Um, And one thing that we do talk a lot about in feng shui is not having your back to a door. So being in the power position. And I know that's not always possible in a lot of rooms, but if you can see the door and see the entrance, um, it'll just make you feel that much more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, What do you wish people knew about feng shui? Or like, what should everyone know about it and starting to use it in their lives? I wish they knew that it's not really about interior design, but it is because the things in our environment affect us. And I think that beauty is very important. I wish that people knew it was really about energy and feeling good and that it doesn't have to be about, you know, placing certain objects in certain spots. It can be very tailored to your own life and your own environment and what you find to be beautiful. Mm, I like that. So it's not just like stick a mirror in this corner and then go about your day. It's like the flow. Yeah. It's like that yin perspective you're talking about, the more feminine approach. 
Exactly. Yeah. It's definitely more open and it it's about, you know, connecting with ourselves. It's not about following very rigid, you know, rules or um, regulations, I guess. Mm. Um, I think that a lot of people think that feng shui is like that. And I think it's because a lot of the traditional ways of practicing feng shui are rooted in more of a yang um, sort of patriarchal approach. And so it's more about that. But um, I there is a way <laughs> to practice it that is completely unique to you. Mm. So what else would you like to share as we get here to the end? Like anything we haven't, you know, juicy topics we haven't talked about or, you know, kind of some of your wisdom you'd like to leave with everyone? Hmm. That's a good question. I think what I've already, you know, talked about before, I just want to reinstate that you know, our environments really need to be unique in order to support us because we are all unique. And there's many ways to go about doing things um, in life and in your environment. And I think that, you know, your environment is not everything. You know, I'm not one of those people that that tells you that you're going to change something in your environment and you're going to suddenly have $5 million in your bank account. Um, but I do think that your environment is a huge piece and it greatly and profoundly influences you. And it's important to pay attention to that. Mm, awesome. Thank you so much, Brianne, for sharing all your wisdom and insight. And it's definitely going to inspire me to go back and dig a bit deeper with my my own clutter journey. Um, can you tell everyone where to get in touch with you and your website and all that good stuff? Sure. So my website is um, briannappler.com and it's B-R-E hyphen A-N A-P-P-L-E-R.com. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at B-A feng shui. Awesome. Thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today. Thanks, Amanda. It's been so much fun to chat with you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur podcast. If you'd like to talk about feng shui and clutter and generally creating more space in your life and your living space this year, then come over into our Facebook group. If you go on Facebook, just search for Wellpreneur Community and you'll find our group you can join and we'll be discussing this week's podcast episode. And of course, you can ask questions and connect with other Wellpreneurs from around the world. Also, don't forget to take my fun and free productivity blocks quiz. Figure out the biggest productivity block that's keeping you from being as productive as you want, and then learn some specific actions and also some really fun, powerful remedies to help you clear that block and become more productive. You can take my productivity blocks quiz at wellpreneur.com slash quiz. Okay, that is it for me this week. Happy New Year once again, and I will see you in our Facebook group. And also I'll see you back here next week with the next episode of our season. 